Yo, what's good? It's your boy, Cole Hanley. Today's episode, I'll be talking about basketball and some of the records and goats of the NBA throughout the years. As many basketball fans know, the sport of basketball is a huge deal today in today's society, as it is played all over the world. In the NBA, there are 30 teams split into two different conferences. There's the Eastern and Western Conference. Now, without further ado, let's get into it. This is Robert Fassbender, and he and I will be talking about some of the greatest basketball players of all time. Yo, what's up, Rob? How are you? Doing very good. How are you? I'm great. I'm great. So I hear that your favorite team is the 76ers? Correct. And why do you like the 76ers so much? I mean, it's just my hometown team, and you know, obviously there's no other teams in like Pennsylvania, and that's just the team I always gravitated towards, and whether they were good or not, I always just got excited about them and what they were doing. Who do you think the best player on the 76ers right now is? Uh, Joel Embiid, but I mean, there's obviously, you know, a lot of untapped potential with, you know, a lot of the young guys on that team. Yeah, well, Ben Simmons has a lot of potential, I agree, but Markel Fultz, he's been struggling, struggling a lot lately. Yeah, yeah, it's um, it's very frustrating because he's kind of the final piece of the puzzle, in my opinion, when it comes to us building, like, a dynasty championship kind of team that could, you know, compete for championships for, you know, five, you know, ten years. And, yeah, he definitely, like, his shot, it just is not working, and he definitely hasn't, like, improved at all since his rookie year. And there's all these, like, injuries, I'd say quote-unquote injuries, because we don't really know what's actually happening with him. But, yeah, it's very problematic. Um, I, I think it's a mental thing with Fultz. I, I just, I think he just has, like, they call it the yips, like, because they said he, like, forgot to shoot, but... He clearly um, just has a problem with performing. Like, it, it just gets to his head, and I, I think that's the problem. Do you think they missed their chance in trading him for a better and more versatile player? What do you, what do you mean, like trading him like after he was drafted? Yeah, well, right now. Since oh, he's right trading. now? Um, no, because his value, it's already low, and it's only going to get worse, quite frankly, at the pace he's going right now. So there's absolutely no purpose in trading him, in my opinion. I just think uh, we should look back more to um, what we did to get Fultz, which was um, trading up to the Celtics, who had the number one pick uh, via Brooklyn. And they, um, well, we gave them one of our future picks that could have had some value um, in order to get to that spot. And the opportunity cost of taking uh, Markel Fultz ended up being Jason Tatum, who, yeah, he's off to a slow start this season, but last year he was... Miles ahead of Markel Fultz. Oh, by far, yes. Yeah. He's one of uh, Celtic stars right now. Yeah, so I think, I mean, you're talking about trading him now. I don't, I don't, I think it's, it's too late. It's a lost cause. I think you kind of just have to hope for the best at this point because he does, does not have value and his value is only going to go down if he doesn't fix his problems. And if he fixes his problems, obviously we're not going to want to trade him anyways. Do you think they should try to pick someone up in the draft? Um, in order to make Markel better? What do you mean? Or their spot better? So, so like, drafting, like, another point guard or, like, yeah. shooting guard? Yeah, point guard. 
I mean, yeah, we could definitely use talent at that position. I mean, if if Fultz doesn't show just some sort of promise, even if he's just a bench guy, like he's just he has to show something. Like he's got to, like like I can see his shot is there sometimes, but he, he just he just always has the yips and he's just constantly making mistakes and his confidence just always seems gone. If he can just show something towards the end of the season, then maybe that wouldn't be necessary. But obviously, I mean, that's a position, well, point guard and shooting guard, you want to build at that, especially in our scenario, because we're um, having uh, our guy J.J. Redick as the starting shooting guard, and he's wonderful and all, but quite frankly, he's getting older. And so, yeah, I think guard is a position that they got to build at, point guard and shooting guard. Yeah, I agree. I agree that. Markel Fultz is a lot better as a sixth man than he is in the starting lineup. Yeah, he needs to dominate the bench before he uh, is in the starting lineup. They they made a huge mistake uh, putting him in the starting lineup. They put way too much pressure on him at once. Because I guess maybe they wanted him to feel good and confident about himself with uh, him being with the starters. But I think it just did the opposite. I think he just was even more unconfident because everyone was expecting him to, you know, be great because everyone else in that starting lineup, line, excuse me, lineup is great, especially considering now that they have Jimmy Butler, and yeah, it just it made things worse. I agree. All right, let's talk about who you think will be the next MJ or LeBron James. <laughs> yeah, I, I, yeah, I, I've always like I'm on the side of Michael Jordan being the go. I know it's a big debate. Um, but I'm still of the mindset that the best is yet to come. I, th- I think during my lifetime, there will be a better player than Michael Jordan. I mean, if we're talking about guys um, either currently in the league or guys who are about to be in the league, I mean, certainly, um, uh, like, I think, you know, five, ten years from now, I think the best players in the NBA, it might be, like, Giannis or Ben Simmons. Um, and certainly some of the rookies this year are all right. Um but I, I think those guys are the ones, they have, like, the highest ceiling. Like, they could go the farthest in their careers. But, obviously, they still have a lot of untapped potential as players. And as far as future guys, I mean, Zion Williamson, he's he's pretty fascinating. I don't know if I see GOAT potential in him, but he's definitely got the ability to be uh, one of the better forwards in this league for a very long time. Yeah, and with the uh, underrating of players, who do you think is the most underrated player in the NBA right now? Ooh, that's a very good question. Um, I would have to go with uh, maybe Kemba Walker. No one really he, appreciates he, his work. He definitely um, popped into my head, but I think he's going to start getting some credit now that he's having these crazy games where he's just getting so many points. Yeah, he's dropped 50. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um I think uh, I, I think Clay Thompson definitely uh, doesn't get enough credit. I mean, if he was on his like own team doing his own thing, like he'd be uh, averaging a lot more points, and certainly um, people would really respect his uh, abilities more. I feel like because I, I think he's the best three-point shooter walking the planet besides Steph Curry, honestly. But you know, Clay Thompson's kind of just looked at you know the third or fourth best guy on that team. But, I, I mean, if you're the second best, you know, three-point shooter on the planet I, and all around him, he's a very high-quality player. I mean, yeah, that, he's probably close to a top-ten player in the league, at top 15 at least, but I don't think he gets that type of recognition because of where he's at with Golden State. Yeah, when you look at the Warriors, you mainly think of Steph Curry, and now, since Kevin Durant's on the team, you think of Kevin Durant. But now, Kevin Durant and... And the Warriors are having trouble with communicating and stuff. 
And where do you think the Warriors will be at in, a, in say, three years from now? Oh, well, things are going to change very shortly because this upcoming offseason, Kevin Durant can opt out of his contract, which I'm very curious to see um, what his whole, like, um, decision is regarding that. And then also you got um, uh, Clay Thompson. He's uh, going to hit free agency. And then also DeMarcus Cousins, obviously, his one-year mid-level exception deal will be up. So, yeah, I mean, they... They're, they're going to have to make a decision. I mean, they're obviously not going to keep all five because, I mean, my God, freaking DeMarcus Cousins is making $5 billion right now. And he, yeah, he's that's worth, not a big one. He, he's worth at least four or five times that, and he knows that. And I think he's sort of just using this as like a gap year because he knew he wasn't going to get the big deal that he wanted. He wants that ring. He wants to play with those guys that he knows that he will be. Yeah. Great. I don't think it. Yeah, you know, I don't think it bothers him that he's only making like a couple million this year because it, it, it's a gap year for him. He knows he'll get a better contract if he just waits. Because even if he doesn't play till like later in the season or the playoffs, like we know what Demarcus Cousins is, and if he can, you know, have a big performance in the finals, maybe even win a Finals MVP. I mean, who knows? Then certainly he could uh, get that contract. But anyways, back to our point about um, what the Warriors could be in in uh, three years. They're they're definitely going to be different. Um, I, I think uh, they're only going to have probably three out of the five current guys that they have. My personal prediction is that um, after this upcoming offseason, it's just going to go back to the original big three where it was Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, and Draymond Green. Because um, Kevin Durant, he keeps taking less than the max contract to stay there, which, I mean, people criticize the heck out of him for going to Golden State, but, I mean, he's... He's made sacrifice, uh, and I know I, I know he's a millionaire and everything, but like that's still a sacrifice to make, to take you know less than your value, because you know getting getting paid your value in sports that's respect that that's important to the players, and you know if he wants to go get his money or if he just wants to try something new in his career other than Golden State, it wouldn't surprise me. But if he does stay in Golden State, then that changes everything. I mean, because, well, obviously Curry's not going anywhere, and then who knows what will happen to the rest of the gang. I mean, it could just be Durant, Curry, and one other guy also. That That's that's probably the other scenario. But I think the most likely scenario is that it just originally, um, or it, excuse me, it returns to the original big three of Steph Curry, uh, Draymond, and Klay Thompson. Yeah, and Kevin Durant now, everybody considers him a snake for going to Warriors to, to win a ring. Do you think he can make the same impact on, that he did on the Warriors onto other teams and get a championship with them? Uh, it just really depends on uh, the scenario that he's put in. Because certainly, like in my opinion, he's the second best player in the world. Obviously, some other people maybe think that, you know, I don't know, that Anthony Davis or Embiid or Harden are better. But regardless of what you think, I think most people can generally agree he's at least a top five player in the world. So certainly he's going to make a big impact regardless of how good his teammates are compared to him. And yeah, depending on the scenario, I think he could absolutely uh, win another finals and play great in another finals somewhere else. But it all just really depends on the scenario. Yeah, I think he would need... Uh, another great player, at least to, at, at least one to make the finals. Uh, at least one other quote unquote star player. So now we're talking about the Warriors. Uh, do you think that the the Warriors in today's day and age can beat the ninety seven ninety eight Chicago Bulls? 
Well, it's interesting because I don't think we've even really seen the best of the Warriors yet, to tell you the truth. That's true. Because this, this dynasty, like, it's wonderful, it's historical and all, but it hasn't even reached its peak yet because DeMarcus Cousins, he hasn't played yet. And DeMarcus Cousins, I mean, he's definitely... That's a big factor. At least a top five center in the league. I, I think he's the best big man in the league, honestly, besides uh, Anthony Davis and Joel Embiid. I mean, if you see him offensively, like he, he just go, drives right by the basket. He just drops it right in. That's a tank. tank. Yeah, and yeah, he, he'll fit in great with that small ball team because they're gonna need somebody who can you know play you know close to the basket and you know make those types of shots. But um, anyway, back to the original question. Um, yeah, I think if the Warriors are at their best and at their fullest potential with those five guys, then yeah, they, I think they can beat the 97-98 Bulls and any team in NBA history, honestly, if they're at their full potential, which I don't know if they are because of DeMarcus Cousins' health and also the chemistry of the team. It's just not really good right now, but I think that they're going to turn it around because they do have a very good head coach and Steve Kerr. And also, I mean, they, they got it together in, you know, previous years. You know, they put their egos aside and they won championships. I mean, they, you know, destroyed the Cavs last year. I think they'll get it together. So, yes. Yeah. yeah. I, I, th- I think they could beat that team. And you got to think that 97-98 Bulls, it was a lot different back then. There was many rules that are not into play anymore. Back then you could, the fouls were not as... They were more vigorous back then than there are now because now you, you get pushed and it's a foul. And yeah, it's a little out of hand in today's NBA. But I think the Warriors, they, I think they'd be able to adjust to a more physical um, playing uh, style, especially if they had Draymond Green and uh, um, uh, DeMarcus Cousins in there because they're, they're both physical big men who can really play well and – yeah, I, I think they could adjust if they were playing against, you know, a team like that that was, you know, playing in that era. All right, so going from the best players from the East and the West, if we gathered the roster from the best players in the East and compared them to the best players in the West, do you think that would be a good matchup? Absolutely not. I think it'd be a terrible matchup. I mean, if you look at the past, um, well, not last year, obviously, because they changed the rules with the All-Star game and made it... Um, to where the East and West didn't matter. They yeah, just they did had, captains. Yeah, they just had a draft with uh, Curry and uh, LeBron as captains. And, um, um, yeah, like the the Western Conference All-Star team, they, it was just the Warriors yeah. basically every year. And then, well, before Durant was on the Warriors, he was one of the starters as, you know, the thun- as, you know from the Oklahoma City Thunder. And, yeah, there's just so much more talent in the West, especially now with LeBron transitioning over to there. I mean, there was teams with, you know, losing records or teams that were just, like, breaking even. You know, they were going 41-41 and and going to the playoffs, which is ridiculous. Why should you reward mediocrity in any sport? The only reason that happens is because the talent gap is so bad and there's nothing the league can do about it. It's just how it is. So that's why horrible teams are going to the playoffs in the East. And, yeah, that just proves the point of how... The East just does not have enough talent, really, compared to the West. Why do you think that the East does not have talent? Is it due to the lack of money that the East provides their players or any other reasons? Um, you know, in a weird way, I think it's just kind of a coincidence. I mean, if you look at um, a lot of the great players in uh, the NBA, a lot of them were drafted in the West and stayed in the West. I mean, whether they're still on their original team they were drafted by or not, 
And LeBron, he always, you know, ran the East, obviously. And I think a lot of teams in the East, I, you know, maybe they thought that they just couldn't compete. Like, they could just never take down LeBron. I mean, you saw with the 76ers, the whole trust the process thing. They, they just took, like, three or four seasons off where they just didn't compete at all. And, yeah, I think there's some other teams in the East that maybe are at the same thought process where they just felt like they couldn't compete. And as a, as a result, they just maybe tried to tank to get better but obviously that that's a very hard thing to do well, i mean the sixers are lucky it worked out the way it did for them honestly well since the east has an awful record with them with this draft there's a lot of potential coming from the ncaa basketball oh, yeah. league do you think if they pick up and have smart decisions while drafting they could change the out the outcome of the East being one of the worst? Uh, absolutely, 100%. And a lot of the, those teams at the bottom will be Eastern Conference teams, although the Phoenix Suns will be interesting because they're in the running for that number one pick. Yeah, they have Devin Booker. Yeah, and if they end up with Zion Williamson, then it just makes the West even stronger. I mean, that, that Suns team with you know Williamson, uh, DeAndre Ayton, and Booker, they, they could really be big time. But um, as far as the East is concerned, yeah, they, they need to draft good, which I think they will because obviously, you know, the more teams from the East that are picking high, the better chances that they will of picking star players. So, yeah, I think, you know, give it, um, I, I don't know, maybe five years, maybe a little more. There will be a little more balance, but overall, until guys like LeBron and Kevin Durant retire, the West is not um, going to fall down at any point although Kevin Durant could leave the West and go to an East team but that's a whole nother discussion since you brought up uh Kevin Durant and well retiring what do you think the league would look like when those play those type of players retire from the NBA so so like the guys at the top now like Kevin yeah Durant, Kevin Durant LeBron maybe throwing hard in there although he's yeah, Harden, not as old you have Westbrook when he's not old but he's yeah. explosive he will maybe tear an ACL and have to retire. Yeah, you never know. And also, I mean, the big men too. I mean, Joel Embiid, he, he, I mean, I'm so happy that he's healthy and playing the way he is, but like, is he really gonna be doing this stuff like 10 years from now when he's, I think, what would he be like 33 or 34? Like, yeah. probably not. Like, yeah. I, hate, I hate to be a pessimistic, but those big men, like the injuries, it's it's not good. When, when you're a seven-foot-tall man, like, you just can't be, like, getting hurt like he is. Your, your joints go through a lot of pain. Yeah, it's it's awful for them. And, yeah, I think um, once um, – I, I like to use the comparison of Kevin Durant and LeBron James because even though Kevin Durant's a couple years younger, they're so equivalent in talent. So, I mean, obviously, mm-hmm. I think LeBron's the unquestioned best player yes. in the league. But they're both small forwards. They're both extremely talented. And, yeah, once they're both gone, it's just going to be um, next man up. And that, like what I was saying earlier about Giannis or Ben Simmons maybe being, you know, the MVP of the NBA, like, five, six, seven years from now, yeah, that could totally be the case. It could be somebody that's just a high school kid right now that hasn't even been drafted. I mean, look at LeBron James. He got drafted at age 18, and, I, I mean, he was probably, I don't know, maybe 20, 21 when he was already established as the best player you know, in, in the NBA, it's it's just fascinating how that works in sports. I mean, you know, the, the future MVP of the NBA, you know, in, in five years could be just sitting in a high school classroom right now. Yeah, because, I mean, today's, for the to go in the NBA, you don't have, technically, you don't have to go to college anymore. You just have to go to 
one of the D leagues for a year, and then you could potentially get drafted to the NBA teams. Yeah, or they do the one and done with the NCAA. But I think people are starting to wake up to that because the NCAA, they just profit off their athletes and don't provide them with anything except a free education, which it's not even really a free education because they kind of just cheat through their classes or just don't go in general and they don't ever get the degree anyways because, you know, you can't, you don't do anything at, at college if you drop out after one year. So, yeah, they're, they're not benefiting from, excuse me, benefiting from that. And, yeah, as a result, um, yeah, you have the, the D-League. They're offering uh, players $125,000, I think it was, yeah. a year to play. Uh, instead of doing the, the uh, NCAA, and yeah, I think that could destroy college basketball, but which you know s- sucks. But at but at the same time, like the NCAA, like they kind of had it coming, and yeah, yeah, there's a lot a lot of talent there, regardless though, of what happens. I agree. Well, thank you for coming on to my podcast. Yeah, of course, uh, no problem. Thanks for having me. Thank you for tuning into this podcast, and see you next week. Bye.